Michelle is a musician with albums released as Everyone Except Me and artist behind the post-apocalyptic webcomic Stray Cats. She's kind, a bit shy, and furiously creative. Henrik is a filmmaker with over two dozen films and TV shows as producer, director, and occasionally host. He also released a couple of music albums. He's bombastic, larger than life, and tenacious almost to a fault. Together, they've been best friends for a decade. This show is awkward. So, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that this is this is the seventy first time we've sat down to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's still just as exciting as the first time because <laughs> after 71 times with the exact same setup, we had like a massive issue with like ground loop or something mm-hmm. where, yeah. where your mic was giving us a ton of hum, which is just great because that's like never happened before that we couldn't even that like we couldn't even troubleshoot it. Yeah. Yeah. Because last week it was like unplugged it and plugged it into a different thing and then it was fixed. And this time you did it and it was like, nope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you can't say that the excitement is dead. You can't say that the spark is gone because it's still exciting because what can go wrong does go wrong. Yeah. Um <laughs> so but uh I I I've done a lot of things in my life, you know, a lot. I mean, like I've I've had a lot of moments where it's been like, wow, this is the 70th time I did something or 100th time I did something. Mm-hmm. Um and it still blows my mind. Every time I kind of see a number and I go, whoa, like this is a 71st podcast or, or, um, you know, whoa, this is the, uh, uh, podcast of the thing I count the most. So that's probably going to be the best example I have, but, uh, but yeah, or like, uh, you know, YouTube videos, like they're ridiculous. My YouTube channel has something outrageous, like multiple hundreds of videos. So I, I don't even have a count. That's how how just too many there are. <laughs> wow. I really don't know. I actually, I'm like, how many videos do I have? And it's like, oh yeah, it can't, it doesn't work that way. So it won't tell me. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, oh, you know what? Okay. This is even weirder. It says I have a, okay. A that's billion? not helpful. It was going to say I have about 119, but then when I hit next, it says about 160. Now it says about 190. Hmm. Now it says about 220. So it's not giving me a full count. It's, Weird. Uh, yeah. So it's over 300 for sure. Now it's saying it's over 370. Why is, why can't it just be like, here's how many videos you've done. Good job. No. So I, I guess I, I guess I'll just have to never know. Um, cause now it's saying over 550 over 580. Oh, I think I reached the end. Yeah. Or it just froze. Oh. I was Either's gonna a say, good answer. <laughs> you could just count them, like all of them. <laughs> Live on the show. That would yeah. be a good way to pass the pass the uh the, the runtime of the episode, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Oh god, now it's saying six hundred and ten. Now it's saying six hundred and forty. You can you can count them and I'll cheer every time you see <laughs> <laughs> Okay. The fi- I have the final count. Oh yeah? Um well, not fine. It says about 650. Okay. It's weird that it doesn't know exactly how much, but... Maybe it only goes in tens, so it can't give you like 652 or something. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. There must. I'm sure there's probably a better way to find out how many videos I've published, but I mm-hmm. don't see it. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Anyway. Um, but you know, but I don't actively count my YouTube videos. You know, I, I, uh, I just kind of post them. So, um, but I don't know. So I was just thinking about that. I mean, do you, are you surprised we've actually done 71 of these or are you just like, of course we have, cause I have no control over my life. It, you know? Well, yeah, but, <laughs> but also, yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised, I guess. Um, cause I don't tend to think about how many, and that seems like a lot, but if you think about like years and things, I guess it makes sense. I mean, it's, it, it's, this it's the exact amount of weeks that we've been doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah. I guess in that way, the math adds up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still surprised. I, I fooled you into doing this with me. I still, I still sometimes think about I'm like, wow, I got Michelle to do that. <laughs> <laughs> As she doesn't say anything to the contrary. No, I, I was, I was just thinking about like, um, I don't remember. It doesn't, it's, it doesn't matter. No, you you, thinking you about? didn't No, How about this? You didn't fool me into it. <laughs> I wanted to do it. Oh, is that, is that what you're going with now? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Your, your honor. <laughs> um, yeah. So <laughs> I'm actually, I'm, I'm having not a great brain day. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Um, a good, the, ironically, very different from normal. I'm having a good mood day, but not a very good brain day. Mm-hmm. Um, which, and I wasn't even fully aware of that until I was like, oh, hey, you, you already added yourself to Zoom. And you were like, no, you sent me the link. And I was like, no, I did. There I did. And then I was like, okay, great. Because this is the first time I've interacted with a person today. It's like, you know, oh, yeah. So you didn't it's like realize. 1 p.m. or something. Yeah, it, that happens. You know, it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, um, I don't. <laughs> I usually always come up with some wild cockamamie idea right before I hit record. Today, not so much. <laughs> I, I, and I hate doing that because, you know, my number one pet peeve mm-hmm. of, uh, like live content in particular is when they just go live and they go, well, you know, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's live. So what can we, yeah. what can we do? Yeah. And, and that, that's the worst. Cause, you know, um, this, I mean, obviously is not live to anybody other than us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're the only ones witnessing it as it happens. But I actually started out um, working, I mean, when I was very, very, very young uh, child, the, the first television thing I ever worked on was live. Cool. It, I mean, it was live television. Um, it cable casted to, uh, at the time, the, the uh, Time Warner uh, uh cable system, which was after continental cable vision got bought by time Warner. Then we became, uh, on time Warner. But, uh, I just remember doing live TV a lot. And it honestly might be one of the reasons that like I handle high pressure really well, Maybe. because I mean, I mean, literally I took the classes to know how to operate like the, the, the equipment in the studio. And then, they were like, okay, you should go do your first show. And my first show that wasn't just a show done for training was live on television. Wow. Wow. So, and it's high pressure. Live mm-hmm. is, is very high pressure. And I've just never, I, I guess because I started so young, I've just never felt that pressure very much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a large portion of last year, I was doing a live stream every Wednesday night. And I mean, I felt there's pressure like, Oh God, you know, do this and this. And the funny thing is like, even though it's 
this, this new world live streaming is a whole new thing. You know, it, it's still new. Um, you yeah, know, the I, well, the idea that like, oh, I'll just go live on any number of apps and mm-hmm. just hang out with people is not even five years old. Yeah. As like a, as like a ubiquitous thing. It was a, it was a, um, a novelty. It was a, uh, a special feature. Like you would be on Periscope if you wanted to go live to hang out with people. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't just have Facebook and be like, okay, I'll also use the live feature or yeah. you're on Instagram. You're like, I'll also use the live feature. Mm-hmm. It used to be a big deal. Um, and it, it's funny because when I would start going live, I would feel the, the pressures that I was taught as a, a kid in broadcasting of like, there can never be dead air. You know, you have to keep talking, you have to keep engaging. And in reality, if you watch like the most successful live streams, it's like a person sitting there and they're like, uh, all right. All the potatoes six, six, six says, why don't you play Zelda or something? You seem depressed. Um, I guess I could fire up Zelda. Um, Oh, there's a racial slur. Oh, there's another racial slur. <laughs> but, you know, that's the way that it's done now. Mm-hmm. You know, it, because it's so deeply interactive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, when, when I was doing live TV all the time, the level of interactive was we would put a phone number on the screen. And people could call in and they would get a person who would ask them for their name and what they wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. And assuming it didn't seem like it was obviously a prank caller, they would then put them on hold and then they would radio the director in the control room on their headset and, and tell the director, uh, Tom on line two wants to talk about, you know, uh, potatoes. I'm going with potatoes today. I'm going all around potatoes. Uh, let's talk about that. And then nobody, you see, you think that you're done. No, it keeps going. So then the director radios the floor director. And tells them that information, and then the floor director writes it on a uh, like a whiteboard, mm-hmm. so that the host can be like, you know, can finish their thought and be like, okay, uh, on line two we have a gentleman wants to talk about potatoes. Uh, please go ahead, sir. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you know, and then of course immediately he go, yeah, and then it would go, like, please turn your television set down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and that was, pre- <laughs> and that was, but that was like. That was what it was like. And we're not talking, I mean, we're talking about a long time ago, but we're also not talking about that long ago. We're talking about post 2000, Mm -hmm. you know, this is not the nineties. Um, this is 2003, 2004. And, uh, but yeah, so I cut my teeth on live television, doing camera on live television, doing floor direction on live television, and then performing on live television as I got a little bit older. Mm -hmm. Uh, because we went from uh, this show called Opening Night Theater, which was a live improv comedy show, which was the entire reason that I got involved with television is oh. that I saw that show on cable access and it was live and they give you a phone number. So, of course, because for some weird messed up reason in my brain, I'm like the opposite of ev- nearly everybody. My first instinct when I see a phone number on television is to call it uh, <laughs> as opposed to like where I think that most reasonable people would be like, I don't want to call it show. And mm-hmm. what if I say something dumb? I'm like, oh, boy, I'm going to say something dumb. Beep, 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 you know, so but I called in because they would do things like, OK, we need a uh, we need a location and uh, occupation for this uh, skit. And then they'd be like, mm-hmm. OK, line, you know, and then they'd be like, OK, uh. 
Henriqua, you're on line one. <laughs> I feel like, oh uh, yeah, could uh, I think for a location, could it be a potato factory? And for a occupation, a potato. And then they <laughs> <laughs> and then they would do the the scene, you know, with the mm-hmm. with the rec- with the suggestions of the people on the phone. And that show was hosted by Andy Cop. Okay. He just happened to be hosting the show as well as being one of the main community coordinators. Mm-hmm. And because of the way they do cable access, uh, especially when you're live, um, there's no commercials. You know, there's no commercials on cable access. It's all nonprofit. So if you need a break, like if you need two minutes, you know, for everybody to catch their breath and get some water before you keep doing the show or whatever, mm-hmm. what do you do? You show either pre-taped content, which requires you to work even more, or right. you show public service announcements that the state of Ohio and the and the United States government has sent in. Mm-hmm. And they're usually like anti-smoking PSAs or, you know, they're just whatever's cheesy, you know, where it's like the cartoon cat shows up and says, you know, hey, kids, if someone rapes someone, you tell a cat, you know, that's what you, <laughs> that's what you, <laughs> Bixby, the anti-rape cat. <laughs> Um, you remember Bixby, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. Did Bixby visit your high school? No, but oh. we weren't in your, that like, it, it was regional. So I just know <laughs> people who know. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like the kind of thing the Midwest would get and that the East coast would not get. Mm-hmm. It's like, you guys didn't have Bixby, the anti-rape cat. <laughs> You're like, no, no, we didn't. It's like, ah, ah, ah. so we were just um, not raping people. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or they were raping too many people. The yeah. cat was like, I can't help. I don't know why Bixby <laughs> has that voice. Um, so, um, <laughs> but no, so we would show PSAs, mm-hmm. but not all the PSAs were sourced from all over the country or from, you know, the federal government or whatever. Some of the PSAs were for the channel itself because, you know, the way cable access uh, survives is lots of volunteers, um, volunteers who pay not much money to use the service, but by using the service, it shows the local and municipal governments that it's worth continuing to fund, sure. you know, the more membership you have. Mm-hmm. So I saw this thing that was like, you know, um, the Miami Valley Cable Council. Do you want to make your own show? Take a class today, you know, dial this number. And I was like, so the next day I wrote the number down and the next day I called the number and I was like, do you guys have, I was like, I was 12. I was literally 12 years old. And I was like, do you guys have age limit? And they were like, no, we don't. And I was like, okay. And I hung up and then I called my mom at work and I was like, oh, I, this place let me take classes. I can make a TV show. And, uh, and mom was like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, I took a four week, once a week. I just heard a car peel out. Um, I kind of heard it too. I wasn't, it didn't like sound like anything in particular. It just was yeah. a sound. It wasn't super loud. Um, but no, uh, so my mother uh, took me to the four classes in four weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I started uh, volunteering at the cable place. Cause you could have your own shows, but you could, you would, they would also have like a bulletin board of people who are making shows who need like help. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times what you would do is you would literally show up to this community access show um, and not know what you were going to do. So you'd get there and then like the, the show guy, you know, or girl, whoever was running the show would just be like, Hey, um, 
yeah, you've run camera before. And I'd be like, yeah. And he'd be like, okay, uh, is camera cool with you? You know, and you'd be like, sure, I'll run camera. Like, okay, you do camera one, you do camera two, you do camera mm-hmm. three. You know, are you cool being the floor director? And, you know, and every now and then you have somebody say like, I actually haven't done it yet. And they'd be like, ah, you probably don't want to learn on a live show. So mm-hmm. let's, uh, you know, how about you come in the work in the back with me? I'll show you how to do uh, technical directing. You know, it, it was stuff like that. Um, and it was really fun because you would want to get as much experience as you could, but sometimes you just had no idea what the show was like. So you would, uh, you would show up and then you'd be like, Oh God. Cause you would see like, you would show up and there'd be a lectern set up and there'd be like a really sweaty pastor at the lectern. And you'd be like, <laughs> this is going to be a long two hours. Yeah. Listening to this guy talk about Jeebus and such, yeah. you know, uh, but, and that's the other thing is community access is a lot of religious programming. Mm-hmm. That makes um, sense. More than 50% religious wow. programming, generally speaking. Wow. When I worked as a uh, employee years and years later in community access television, um, at that point, I mean, we had a religious cha- a channel just for religious programming because it glutted up the regular programming channel so much. It was like, why not just, we just bought another channel so mm-hmm. they could be on it. So, and, uh, and by bought, I mean, I think we just negotiated a contract because um, the way it works here, I can't speak for the rest of the country, is cable access is financed by uh, franchise fees, which are actually technically paid by the cable company. Hmm. Um, the cable company pays it, but but the customers of the cable company actually are who pay the franchise fees. Sure, sort of. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, but what happens is, but that being said, it's like $4 a month or something. It's, mm-hmm. it's very low. Um, but, uh, and the reason that that agreement was made uh, out here again, I don't know how it is everywhere else, but the reason the agreement was made here was the idea was that was basically their way of paying for using infrastructure of the city and, and, uh, and the areas that they service mm-hmm. the way they had to pay for the infrastructures is like, well, you need to finance a free speech option on the cable. That was their idea. Okay. Cause, cause cable casting is much, much cheaper than broadcasting. Interesting. You don't need a giant antenna with a massive transformer broadcasting with tons of powerful voltage and amperage to, you know, you just need a little wire that goes to the cable station, mm-hmm. which when I worked at a cable access station, we were literally across the street from, from the cable station, like the cable oh. company. We were literally across the street because our internet went down once and I was like, should I just walk over there? Because like, <laughs> they're right there. <laughs> like, like, should I just go over there and say like, guys, our internet's not working. Like, because that's who... The problem is from, you know, mm-hmm. so, uh, but yeah, so my, my point is, um, so I'd work on live shows and work on live shows and they put a lot of pressure, you know, on you, but you get used to it really fast. Uh, you just kind of go, all right, and you just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was 16, some friends started doing a live talk show and slowly, but surely I ended up being a regular part of it. So then I was a talent all the time on live shows. Um, and I just kind of got used to it. I just kind of was like, eh, you know, um, I remember uh, when I was doing my old, old, old ancient podcast, uh, you know, the one you were on once mm-hmm. uh, way back a million years ago. I remember I used to do live episodes sometimes where, you know, the podcast feed was a recording of the live stream I'd done. And that was back when you there was like two sites that let you do live broadcasting. There was uh, Ustream mm-hmm. and Justin TV. And that was it. And they were both not very good. <laughs> And, uh, and it was like, but you know, what's funny is like, you know, people complain about, you know, uh, lots of people complain about when they do live things. They're like, I wish I had more interaction. I wish like there are 80 people listening. Why isn't, why aren't more people commenting? Why aren't more people saying stuff? Uh, and I was like, well, in the olden days, we didn't have that problem 
because the feed was full of people. I can't hear you. I can't see you. It stopped working. Where are you? Is the show on? <laughs> so we would always have plenty of uh, interaction. Um, but unfortunately, unlike cable, the cable access days, uh, we didn't have as many serial pranksters. Mm-hmm. Uh, on cable access, oh my god, there were people who like made it their mission to prank call our shows. Um, and they were pretty good at getting through too. Uh, so yeah, they'd mostly say like Howard Stern stuff because that was what was the thing at the time. You know, they'd call in and go, Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Don't sigh. This is your culture. This is, (laughs) this is East coast culture. You have to appreciate it. This is where you're from. No, don't forget your roots. No, (laughs) but, um, so, I mean, uh, so I, I've been talking a lot about like this massive amount of involvement in live I've done. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, you've done you've done some live stuff, right? I, I guess. Mean, other than just I mean, other than just on stage, which is a whole other beast. You've done a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. you've been on like live radio and stuff. Yeah, like like once or twice, like a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. How did it feel though? Like, did you feel I, more pressure, or was no, it the same? No, it's it's all the same. It's all the same because <laughs> it's like it's it's still. Even when when th- something is being recorded like this, um, mm-hmm. unless something really really bad happens, we're just gonna keep it like something really bad. Like yeah, I just start vomiting blood or something. Maybe I think that I don't know that I would cut away. I yeah. think that would be that's content right there. But what if I like vomit blood and then I die? I mean, well, what if the ambulance you're has a hard to come? spot because because you're saying like so we would stop the show, but that suggests that then we would start it back up. But if you vomited blood and die, I mean, that's the ultimate, <laughs> you know, finale. Um, you know? <laughs> I guess what if like I guess like if something if like I was the subject of a home invasion while we were doing this and then the cops were like, you can't show that because that's evidence. Oh, well, then I would absolutely show it. Yeah, I know. I would be like, hey, world, the cops said not to do this post. And then they'd be like, why did you say post? And be like, oh, I'm sorry. And then I would show the video. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, I mean, because, yeah, live. Well, that's the thing. Live is um, is its own mentality. Like if you watch, not that anyone does anymore, really. But if you watch late night television, they Mm -hmm. all, well, before pandemic, they all pretended they were live. Mm -hmm. But they weren't. Uh, late night TV has basically not been live in 20 some years, 30 years. Um, it just started live very early on when most television was live and they wanted to keep the, uh, the format. Um, also most late night shows pre tape earlier that day, not, you know, not earlier that week. So it, the best thing possible is to run it like a live show so that basically when you're done, it's done and you send it off to broadcast everywhere. Yeah. Um, did you know that like in the olden days, it's so crazy. I'm sorry. I'm like a uh, trip down memory lane about TV, but in the olden days, if you, if you had a, like, um, if you had a, a show, mm-hmm. you know, that was supposed to air somewhere and, uh, you needed to get it to people, you would, sa- you would transmit it via satellite. To their satellite dish, which would go to their VCR, to their broadcast quality VCR, and then they would hit record, and then the tape would would, would capture a broadcast. Wow. And then they'd be like, okay, we've got our copy, and then they would use that to air. Wow. Um, sometimes they would literally be satellite feed too, but usually not because they had like local things they had to be able to intersperse in it. They'd have to add their commercials and stuff like that. 
Um, but the timing would have to be so perfect because like literally when you would send out the show, it would have to have exactly two and a half minutes of black where the commercials were because they would literally punch the commercials into the actual tape. So there's no room for wow, error. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I only had to deal with stuff like that a little bit. Um, just a little bit. I didn't have to do a ton of that, but it, yeah, uh, it was kind of crazy. And when I, when I did a, uh, I did a couple pilot episodes when I was 15 or 16 years old of a pro wrestling show, mm-hmm. um, because of the way they did the show, we, I had to learn how to do that because the guy who was running the show, he was old school as hell. So he would, uh, he would say like, I need you to edit all the matches together. And I'd be like, okay, but we need the segments in the middle, you know, in between matches where you guys are talking about like what's going on and all this stuff. And he'd be like, well, we'll get them later. I don't have time. Cause he would only, sh- he would only be able to give up like once every two months to like actually come to the studio. Mm-hmm. So what I had to do is I had to edit the show with exactly a minute and a half of black between the matches. Wow. And then he, he would come in and he was a pro, but he'd learned how to be a professional from wrestling, how to be mm-hmm. a broadcaster. He was a pro. He would come in and he'd be, and, and I'd be like, okay, so you got to hit exactly a minute and 30. And he'd be like, just put a count, just put a countdown underneath uh, the camera. Because mm-hmm. there was a little clock. And literally, he would be like, hey, everybody, I'm so-and-so from uh, so-and-so wrestling, and we're talking about blah, 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 blah. And he would always wrap up, like, exactly when the counter was uh, ended. Wow. It was amazing to wow. watch. It was, like, superhuman. And I want to I mean, he was, like, 60 years old. He'd literally been doing this for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so it was, like, eating lunch to him. He was like, okay, and so we'll see you next time. And it would just end right at that moment. And I was like, how do you do that? <laughs> That's so cool. Now, don't get me wrong. He messed up, like, maybe twice out of eight. He'd wow. mess up like two times wow. and all you had to do was hit record again. Um, mm-hmm. cause the way, the way it would work, not that this is at all interesting to anyone. I don't care. Um, the way it would work is you would take the tape and you would put it in the record deck in the studio and you would literally set an in point right when the black started and an out point right when the black ended, which mm-hmm. would be roughly a minute and a half, maybe a minute and 34 seconds, something like that. Very close to, to exact. Mm-hmm. You set an in and out point, and then instead of hitting assemble, which is just hitting record, assemble is like record, 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 you would hit um, audio video insert. And what that does is it sets the record heads to a different mode where it would let something just pop in without any uh, interference or glitching or anything. It just pops in. Okay. Because in in the olden days, like that's how you would do like cutaways and close-ups on video. You would just lay the whole main video, and then you would go around and find the spots where you want to lay in the next clip. and. Mm -hmm. And you pop it in and you decide if you don't want it to affect the audio and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we would just do an audio video insert and then you'd hit that. And then what would happen is literally would give you a countdown. So when it would go five, four, we would be speaking over the intercom five, four, three. And then they would do it just like Wayne's world. You don't Mm -hmm. say two or one. Uh, so uh and, and but yeah and then he would just friggin knock it out of the park it was crazy and then when we were done with like that hour and a half in the studio we'd have like three or four episodes of the show just done cool because everything else was complete mm-hmm. um and and the only part where they could goof off was uh the last segment because that didn't matter it because there was no match afterward or anything so mm-hmm. they could talk yeah. for three they could talk until they were done mm-hmm. and then and then the and then i would put the credits in so um but I just remember my mind being blown. I just could not believe that that this guy could just like hit the hit that perfectly. Yeah. So I want to be like that when I grow up. Yeah, I, I I bet there's like a method. Like once you get to like ten seconds before you have to stop, you have to start like wrapping up, and then like he's got like an exactly 
Oh yeah. Perfect time. Well, and I bet he's developed, um, uh, verbal habits that allow you to kind of turn right when it's time to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like those radio people that can talk right up until right before the music hits the lyric part, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I always, I always enjoy that. I'm like, wow, they know exactly. They just know. They just yeah. know, you know, but that's training. You, you learn how to do that. So, um, that's what, uh, there's a Foxy Shazam song where when the song ends, the, the singer comes in like he's a radio host. He goes, and that was the song by, that was the, the song by Foxy Shazam. And the song just goes like, bomb, bomb, bomb. And he keeps getting interrupted. So he stops. And then when the, it goes, bomb, he goes, so that was a song by bomb. And then he goes, really? And then it ends. Like I always thought that made me, that made me laugh really hard. Um, <laughs> listen to Henrik, everybody. He's just talking about bands he likes. Um, <laughs> but no, so, uh, yeah, that was, um, it's just, I guess I'm, the reason I'm talking about this is because it's just funny. I was just thinking about being live and thinking about like technical issues because we would have technical issues on live shows and it was a nightmare. Um, sure. Like, especially because this was like 20 years ago. So like people would be like, you know, oh, I don't want to use wireless microphones because what if the battery dies while we're live on the air? Mm-hmm. Um, but now wireless microphones are extremely reliable. But that being said, watch like a professional show like Jimmy Kimmel or something. Mm-hmm. They wear, they're wearing two. Oh, wow. They have two on because if Mm -hmm. one dies, they just, the other one is getting the exact same sound. You'll literally see two heads of the microphone. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, In fact, the clips that hold lapel microphones actually have two holders on them. Wow. Standard because a lot of people do redundancy if they're recording live. They don't want to lose it. That Um, makes sense. I mean, I kind of hope that that like two would mean that they're like doing it in stereo slightly further from each other. So they'd be slightly different. (laughs) Well, I, there, there's a channel I really like on YouTube and they have lapel microphones and they have the special ones that are, that are stereo. Mm -hmm. And it just annoys the shit out of me. It's weird. That would be weird. I'm just just like, Oh good. So I can hear slightly left and slightly right of your head. Amazing. Amazing. It's not really smart, but it doesn't do anything. They just wanted to charge you more money. Mm-hmm. So like if there's ever a microphone that doesn't need to be stereo, it's one that's just recording a single voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are, t- there are situations where, where it helps though. Like um, uh, a friend of mine was doing a movie where like a, a, a criminal was supposed to be talking like into your head. Like he was, he was breaking the fourth wall and, and talking mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. And they actually recorded the guy, the voiceover guy with two microphones next to each other that were extremely different style microphones. Okay. And then they put one on the left and one on the right. So it just gave a a bigger body to his Mm -hmm. voice because you can't really like immediately tell, but there's just, you know, a difference, a sonic quality difference in each. Yeah. And I think that's kind of neat, but that's, but again, that's just theoretical playing around. There's no actual evidence that it works to do anything. It's just, but it's cool. It's an interesting thing to do. You know, yeah. to be like, huh, I wonder what happened if I, it's kind of like, uh, when you want to make guitars sound fatter in a music mix. So you give them different guitar effects on each channel, mm-hmm. even though they may only be slightly different. It's just different enough that it sounds big. Well, yeah. I know? mean, the same thing with, with, with vocals. If you record mm-hmm. like more than one take of the same vocals and then you smush them together so that yeah. sounds better. Cause you're <laughs> Often. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's basically the same concept. So, um, but yeah, fucking stereo lapel microphone. (laughs) Anyway. I wish I thought uh, of that though. That would have been, that would have been cool. The problem is, is not 
just that they bought them and are using them. It's that somebody in a fucking boardroom or something at a good microphone company was like, what if we make a stereo lapel microphone? Yeah. And, and, and I feel like somebody in the office would just be like, well, what would that accomplish? And he's like, someone would buy it. Yeah. We, we would sell some, but wouldn't it do nothing? Like, no, it would be stereo. Uh, and that's it. Yeah, no more no more argument from that guy. He doesn't want to become the meme where he gets thrown out of the window of the no. office building. Yeah. Like it's like it's like, why would you and I be using stereo microphones right now? Like what what, what would it accomplish? Well, well, actually, not stereo microphones right now, but if one of us was using just a left channel and the other one was using just a right channel in people's headphones, it would sound really interesting. Because it would be like one of us was on one side and the other was on the other side. It would be disorienting. No, it would be it would be fun. <laughs> I can do that if you want. I can make that the way the show sounds. I don't know if that would be helpful for anyone. <laughs> it, but it's... Sorry. No, no what, what? I was going to say, but it's kind of like um, when you have, I mean, stereo just recordings in general. Like, it when you listen to music live... That's not what music sounds like. You're not Mm -mm. in between all of the things and like standing and having like, like someone scream at you in the front of you. And then like a guitar over here on your, whatever side this is. Right. Um, like, so everything is just kind of like fictionalized and, you know, so it might as well just have you kind of on one side of me on the other side. That could just be the standard from now on. We could invent something. This could be it. Unfortunately, that's what they did on the Beavis and Butthead album. They had Beavis on one side and the Butthead on the other so that you could be like sitting between them while they were like talking shit. I'm sorry. That's what I was going to try and warn you about was the Beavis and Butthead did it. (laughs) I remember because I got that album for a penny from Columbia House and then we never paid. And then my mother just yelled at them on the phone until they canceled the account because her children signed up for it. Mm Mm-hmm. We were told we'd pay pennies and then they were like, we need actual money. And I was like, mom, you know, and that was the end of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were going to pay pennies. Like it's just part of the currency. So, well now knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have even paid pennies. I would have just done it and and said I was going to pay pennies. It's a good scam. Stealing from people. Nothing beats scamming a scam. Okay. (laughs) Columbia House was not a good up and up business. No, not really. No, if you want to defend it, go ahead. The floor is yours. No, I don't no, really. No. no. And while you're at defend sweatshops too, go ahead. Um, they make stuff. <laughs> Both of them make stuff. I don't know. That's all I got. I can't believe you didn't become a lawyer like everybody wanted you to. Ah, uh, they wanted me to become a judge, not a lawyer. But whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Is that a real thing? Um, I, I Several people who like kind of knew me when I was growing up were like, yeah, Michelle should be a judge. She'd be really fair. Um, <laughs> who looks at a child and just goes, that's a judge. <laughs> I was really weird. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not normal. You like know? you just take this little kid and you're like bouncing her on your leg and you're like, you know what? Supreme cut Supreme justice of the or, uh, chief justice of the Supreme court. Mm-hmm. That's this kid. <laughs> and then, and then like one kid is like trying to put a fork in an outlet and it's like president. 
So why didn't you become a judge, huh? Because uh, I don't think it's fair enough. <laughs> to be a judge? Yeah. You mean because they don't pay you enough? Yeah. I wanted more money. <laughs> I was like, let me just work in retail because that's more money than being a judge. <laughs> well, I think to be a judge, you have to be a lawyer first. That's Don't you? I'm pretty sure you have to be a lawyer I, first. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So you, what? You just didn't want to go to law school? It just didn't sound fun? Yeah, I don't really think I'd be a very good lawyer. You know, like, not in the part of, like, I don't think I would be convincing and stuff. Like, maybe I could do kind of some of the legwork things. But in, like, an actual courtroom, I don't think I'd be a very good lawyer. You think you'd just walk in and be like, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, whatever you got to do is fine. Okay. I don't want to tell you what to do. Do whatever. <laughs> I don't want to be judgy or bossy. Yeah. So. My client... Probably didn't do this, but, you know, we don't know for sure, so. <laughs> I mean, does anybody even know anything? Is it possible? Yeah, yeah I mean. It's... The judge would be like, let the record show. Uh, Ms. Adler <laughs> shrugged her shoulders eight times. <laughs> <laughs> see, I want to see you be like, a, you should be a show business judge. You know, like Judge Judy or like, uh, you know, the people's court judge where it's just like things that don't that aren't even really legal disputes where nobody Mm -hmm. wants to pay for it. But they do want to be on television, you know, be like, you know, today we have uh, Steven. Steven says his ex-girlfriend stole five thousand dollars in baseball cards from his apartment and then moved in with his brother. This is Tina. Tina says Steven is full of lies and that he might have killed someone in Chicago in 1945. (laughs) <laughs> she's countersuing him for $7,000 in damages and reopening the criminal case against him. This <laughs> is judge Adler. <laughs> I think I, I, I would watch that. I would watch that. I would DVR that and watch it every night. Well, thanks, but no one's going to give me a show about me being a judge. Uh, I can. Do you want next week's show to be you as a judge? I can get defendants. <laughs> 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 I guarantee you two people beefing in like a Facebook uh, a Facebook thread would be like okay we'll let your we'll let your friend be our judge. I'll do it. <laughs> I can't even think of a good example of like two two stupid people arguing on Facebook. There's so many of them though. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, <laughs> uh so what, would you wear just a traditional black robe or would you want like a purple one or something? I don't really like purple. So. I, I That was just a random color I picked. You, 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 no, what, what color I, would you go? Burgundy? Yeah, maybe. That sounds good. I just picked the color of your door. Okay. Thank That's you. That's literally where I got it. I was like, well, <laughs> she must like burgundy somewhat because her door is that color. Sure. <laughs> oh, I was thinking about orange and how brown might be orange. Mm-hmm. But then I was thinking, how do we know that orange isn't brown? I had that thought the other day. Um, that's just a chicken or the egg no, challenge right but there. But I'm like excited if orange is brown. So you think it's just light brown? Yeah. I think it comes from the fact that, like, 
orange only becomes brown when it gets darker, but brown become only become, but brown becomes orange as it gets lighter. Like there's no, there's, there's light brown, but then there's very light brown becomes orange. So orange is just a bigger spectrum than brown. Brown exists on the orange spectrum. Does that make sense? I, I guess, but I you mean, you just can't accept this is the I, real problem. I mean, I just feel the same way about red. You get like lightest red and then you get pink. I think there's more to pink than just being a lightish red. But pink is red. True. Because I could say I think there's more to to orange than just being a lightish brown, or there's more to brown than being a dark orange. But 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 I mean, if you go into Photoshop and open up a brown, it's just orange. No, <laughs> no, it's no, it's brown, and then you make it lighter, and then then it's light brown or orange. <laughs> I guys, I don't know if there'll be a 72nd episode cuz Michelle and I can't handle this whole she won't accept that there is no brown, that brown is just dark orange. That it just can't be true and I still never like went and like tried and to, sorry to like show you and <laughs> She's stuff. so mad. She just hit her microphone out of rage. <laughs> Maybe you should do some experiments and report back. Okay. It'd be important. No, no one, no one cares. The main reason that it was even brought up that there's no brown is because you can't make a brown light. You can only make an orange light. Really? Mm-hmm. What about like, like beigey things? That are like beige, kind, beige is not brown, it, but kind of. <laughs> and also, there is light brown on my walls right now. Yeah, but it's not. No, no. I mean, light as in like you can't shine a light that is light brown. You oh, can't okay. create a light. Sorry, that's what I meant. <clears throat> you can't. It'll just be orange. Yeah, but light is different than pigment. I'm sorry. That doesn't mean that. She's so mad. She just hits her microphone to make her points. Okay. I don't know. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that Brown is bad just because Brown is orange. I don't understand why this bothers you so deeply because, because it's a different color. Is it though? I don't know, (laughs) but I have to prove that it is. Otherwise I might as well not be alive anymore. So. I mean, I think that this is a little extreme. But I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. Maybe we need, maybe you and I need to go on the people's court. And <laughs> the defendant, Mr. Kauto, says that uh, uh, brown does not exist and it is simply a darker version of orange. The, <laughs> the plaintiff, Michelle Adler, says he's lying. And that's it. And <laughs> she's suing for him to say he, she's right. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> What would okay okay, so you're a lawyer, and you're defending the idea that brown is indeed not just light orange. Go ahead and give your opening statement. I need to prepare that. You don't just give an opening statement without preparing. All right, I'll start as the defense, Your Honor. People of the jury, attractive people of the jury. I am but a simple man, grew up in Ohio, in a, adjacent to a coal mining town. I'm not a flashy East Coast lawyer like the uh, plaintiffs happen to 
have access to, but I can tell you one thing I know for sure, and that is, well, dirt is brown, and there's a lot, unlike the heathen East Coast, in the heart of this country, there's lots of dirt, which is brown, which is a light, I'm sorry, dark orange, uh, pardon me, sorry, I, uh, you know, uh, uh, (laughs) okay, fine, you know, see, I could do it. I don't know. I don't know that you're you're helping your case at all. Your Honor, I show you Exhibit A. It is a photograph of Ms. Michelle Adler eating lunch with Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Notice there is no brown in this photo, but a dark orange. <laughs> <laughs> it's going where you don't expect it. It's a dark orange your honor allow me to show you the desktop of my macbook pro please ignore the doge on the front of it so uh (laughs) here is brown now look as i adjust the luma now it's fucking orange isn't that insane go ahead you you cross-examine my witness adobe um uh, so, uh, random program on a computer that doesn't exactly give Your Honor, you perfect I object, results. I object to calling Adobe one of the most esteemed companies in software a random program. I think that that's an attempt to discredit my witness. There's literally not a judge. Uh, I'm a judge. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I side with Ms. Adler. God damn it! Thanks for listening. You can email us at thisshowisawkward at gmail.com or go to awkwardshow.com or whatever. See you next time.